Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Post Traumatic Survival Podcast, a show that helps you rewire your brain to survive and thrive. Join your host, Ozzy Martinez Jr., a Marine, a combat disabled vet, husband, and father, as he shares his firsthand knowledge and experience of hitting rock bottom, almost ending it all, and then turning it around. Dive into the rewired minds of thriving survivors. This show is an in depth look at post traumatic survival. And now, Ozzy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Super excited to have my brother on this show right here, Andy Siraki. Yes. Nailed it. I nailed it. I nailed it. We obviously, we practiced this right before. And yeah. you know what's crazy, dude? We talked for about five minutes, and I didn't even, I hadn't repressed the record button on the soundboard. The computer's recording everything. The soundboard's not recording everything. So um, I'm super nervous here. This is my second interview, and I'm going straight for the big dogs. Um, I met Andy about a year ago at an event down here. It was uh, called the Conclave of Warriors. I'm going to let Andy explain a little bit about what that event was. But I met him uh, through Jay as I was experiencing it. My my rise, my overcoming of all my of all my issues uh, after the Overcome Academy. Thanks to Jay, I met Andy and uh, Andy. So when we met, it was an event that uh, I don't even know how to explain it to people. People asked me, and I was like, "It's not a motivational event. It's uh, it, the name says uh, it, but I like uh, to say it was like a gathering of like minded individuals. People with kind of have that warrior mindset and. We brought in the real warriors, the military guys and the guys that have done uh, super, super duper undercover um, jobs with the FBI and Jay Dobbins. We had Jason Redman. We had um, uh, Ray Cash Care there. Love those guys, obviously. Repping the gear. And then we had some uh, business magnates there in Bedros and Bradley. And it was a gathering of people that wanted to attack business, life, family, faith, whatever it was. They needed to have uh, more tools to add to their tool belt. So what better than bring guys that the government and agencies have spent years uh, grooming and uh, training for things that they've taken uh, with them from overseas and brought them back to the business uh, life and family sector over here and to give that to a bunch of civilians. So it was called the Conclave of Warriors because it's people that really just wanted to have that warrior mindset and that, those tactical skills to, to bring into their everyday lives. Yeah, and uh, this event, it was uh, one of my first events ever attending like this, and it was amazing. You kind of showed up there with two or three people a little two, three people clusters. Like mm-hmm. it was me, Jay and Ray that I knew. And then mm-hmm. I ended up coming real close to Andy. And then you see Ray, Jay are with Bedros and it's like, everybody's mingling. Everybody is now lifting each other up and everybody's trying to, you know, part of my, exactly my little tagline to survive and thrive. Thriving is the important part. Mm-hmm. So, um, more, most importantly, why do I have Andy on the show? So, Andy is not a veteran, but his brother is. And when Andy and I met at that, at that event, he saw Duke and we start. that's how the conversation started, you know, is, is, was your dog a Marine? You know, and I explained to him, no, that's the, the, the shirt I was wearing the day I got out. This is my service dog. I've had him for going on six years now, five at the time when I had met Andy. And uh, Andy started talking to me about his brother, uh, Corey. Corey uh, served with the Marine Corps with 38 Lima Company, and he was an amazing Marine. He deployed four times to 
twice to Iraq, twice to Afghanistan, and was awarded two bronze stars with Valor. That resume right there, just the two bronze stars with Valor is... Usually when you read those citations on what these Marines did to, to be awarded that, it's just amazing. So four times, you know, that Corey went over and he came back and I never got to meet Corey, but I could imagine that Corey was dealing with some of the same issues I dealt with. And unfortunately, you know, Corey just couldn't take it anymore, correct? And in 2012, um, you know, he ended the battle and... You know, I want you here on the show, Andy, because a lot of the time, and, you know, I, I could speak about it now. Jay, Jay shared my story in his book. In 2014, I had hit rock bottom, and I was at the point where I was doing three, four-day binges on, of cocaine. I uh, was uh, abusing my medication, drinking, and eventually one day, you know, I, I, like I've mentioned before, I, I saw my heart just beating through my chest as I was trying to go to sleep. I, I had been doing so much coke and it felt like the whole entire heart was just beating out. And at that point in time, I started just praying. And from that day forward, I prayed every day in the shower. I would cry. I lived alone and I would cry in the shower. So nobody would see me and I would drop down and cry and cry and beg to end my life. Um, I never, you know, I, my aunt committed suicide when I was younger and I saw what it did to the family. And I never wanted, my fear was that my, my wife would drop off my son and find me like that, you know, if I had taken my own life. So I wanted it to be an accident. I, I prayed for it. So I prayed for my life to be ended. And um, my, my prayers were answered in a way that life was ended. And, you know, I've been able to, to get out of that, that hole that I dug in. But there's a lot of individuals. I don't want to give a number. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, don't want to follow these statistics. They're not accurate. These 22, 20, whatever. The reality is there's a lot of veterans dying. Um, here at home and we end up suffering alone and we, we end up, I'm speaking when I speak and when I have these veterans on, they're speaking about their stories. They're speaking about where Corey was, but I want listeners to, that are suffering. I want them to hear the family side of it as well. I want them to know what, what you experienced, what you saw, what your parents saw. You know, I'm eventually gonna, uh, when I work it up, I'm going to bring my wife on the show and uh, have her speak about it because we were separated for two and a half years. So I don't want to ramble on that much more, Andy. I, I really want you to to talk about your brother and talk about the other brother you had that came back. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, Ozzy, that's a lot. It takes a, it takes a big man to even go through what you just went through and talk about it and open up about it and everything like that. So that's huge. Uh, heard your story before and every time I every time I hear it I get I get goosebumps and I get chills and I'm just happy you're here man so I wanted to lead off with that um Corey was still is my hero and uh we had different paths in life I was going to be uh the football player went to college for that and uh he went he was the badass one that went in the marines uh yeah <laughs> there you go we won't bring up those Buckeyes <laughs> uh he was the badass one man he was uh we were always rambunctious as kids, always getting in trouble, always uh, typical, typical brothers, man. Pyros, playing army men, doing all this stuff, loved war movies, everything like that, loved action movies. So we're all about action, testosterone, everything like that as, as kids are. And uh, mine was fueled through sports and uh, he didn't get, he wasn't, I was going to say he wasn't as tall as me or I wasn't as big, but he didn't fill out as much. Uh, it wasn't like Danny DeVito and Arnold or anything like that, but uh, his route, uh, he went in the Marines and I think that was 
uh, if I could try to put myself in his shoes, he was like, all right, big boy, if you're going to go do football, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do the next best thing, which is military. And uh, he went right in. Uh, he went to Paris Island, uh, made it through boot camp. We stayed in touch through uh, like letters, things like that. And remember the day he graduated, like, dude, he just looked so young and just this kid that's so happy that he made it. And he, he finally found it part of something that he, uh, he loved. And so he loved his Marine brothers. He loved every bit of being a United States Marine. Um, so there's no regrets there at all. Uh, then the deployments happened. And uh, I remember the story straight. Uh, I know he went to Ramadi and that was really messed up. I'm sure you guys, you guys mm -hmm. know some guys from uh, over there. And uh, to tell you the truth, Ozzy, he never, he was never the same after the first deployment. He was never, he never came back, from, he never he came was, back uh, from Ramadi. Yeah, he was there. He was there. And uh, he, uh, he went through that and I heard stories, things like that. And I'll get to those uh, from the firsthand stories I heard uh, later on. But um, did Iraq uh, twice and then Afghanistan twice. And when everything, when he was finally out, um, just everything just started collapsing around him from not being able to find a job to not knowing what to do to not having he had us to go to, but he really didn't. And he kind of separated himself from family a lot. Um, he was married uh, and he, he went through the whole divorce thing. She took, she had power of attorney, took everything. So he had literally nothing left. Um, came to find out he lived, lived homeless for a little bit. Um, he got, he started hanging out with the wrong crowd, you know, drinking, uh, getting into, getting into fights, things like that. Um, never really, never really did got any arrests, but I mean, he's would call me like, dude, I just got to fight at a bar, which I do like, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you need to settle down. You need to calm down. So you could just see the stages of just not knowing what to do once he got back home. And he was a great kid. Everything like that. He just, he just needs something to do. And there was no, there was no plan. Uh, eventually he moved back in with my parents and still just couldn't, just couldn't relate. I mean, imagine you've got a brotherhood. Like I could imagine it's like being on any sort of team and all of a sudden, you're not part of that team anymore. You're not on that team anymore. And it wasn't really, he didn't really have that, that uh, camaraderie around him. That's a, that's and, a uh, sorry. Again. That's a good example that you give. Um, I've always tried to find how to give an example to people, but yeah, it's, it's like you're part of a team. And I guess I would add to that, that you're with this team 24 hours a day. Yeah. So it's <laughs> more than a team. It's you're, family. You're, you're like, done, you're done practicing. You're done practicing. Yeah. You shower together and then, yeah. and then you eat you together. together. And you then, so, yeah. So, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you're good. You're good. It's actually, I, I think we great. I think it's more like family. And yep. so that became his family. And, you know, I can't really go hindsight on what was going through his mind, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, ended up, ended up mixing around with the wrong crowd. And uh, he started playing around with some, uh, some drugs, things like that, and ended up uh, overdoing it. And uh, we got the call one day. And I remember I got that phone call and I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I will never forget what happened? My legs gave out from under me. I balled up on the floor. I was opening a business at the time. People were very helpful. They, I was, I was home. My parents couldn't believe it. I was home like within, I think four hours of that phone call from Florida to Ohio. So I got home as fast as I could. But looking back at, uh, looking back at everything he was going through, he just, he was just disconnected and it came back from not whatever he went through over there. He never got the help. And I know coming from my parents that he tried to go to the VA, didn't get much help there. They could have put him on drugs, waiting in lines, things like that. That the help wasn't there for him, and his funeral was—it uh, was everything. Obviously, funerals were sad, but I kind of positioned myself as the rock 
for my family and friends and everything like that. Like everybody's so miserable, but I wanted to celebrate Corey. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to talk about the good times, us as kids, everything like that. And so mom and dad, we were sobbing and crying over here and I'm trying, I'm just memorizing or reminiscing the good times with all the people coming up to me. And then the room's loud, people are talking and then the room went quiet, just like that. And we're like, what's going on? And we looked over and you know, as soon as you see a Marine, high and tight, everything, four Marines walk through the, walk through the door and they pulled my mom and dad aside first. And they pulled me aside and they literally told me everything my brother did for them, the things he saw, why he was hurting, things he probably wouldn't have ever told us. And basically I just, I just bawled. I just, I went from up here to just on the floor, man, just all the things that he meant to them and what I meant to him. He talked about me when I was over there, talked about family, talked about everything. And he literally, these guys became his family and I just had met them for the first time. And it was like meeting my brother's extended family. It was as if my brother, like this is his new family. And it was, man, that, that nothing hit me harder than that moment was meeting his family, his Marine family and hearing, cause I know, he, you know, you guys, <laughs> I'll say you guys, you guys don't boast. You're very humble. You're very modest. And then you let other people tell your story for you. And these other guys told his story for him. And that's when I realized, holy shit, dude, I had no idea because he would never open up. Nobody really wants to know. Men don't want to pretend to, men don't want to give off that they're weak and talk I, about emotions and, and things like that. But yes, I agree with you. you have to do. I agree exactly with you. I think it's also more um, like right. a, a protector, ah, a protector instinct, a protector instinct. Um, yeah. You know, we like how, how you mentioned um, how he spoke about you. While he was deployed, I did the same thing. Um, all my all my Marines knew about my friends. Uh, there was a joke that went around because I, I at the time I I, I was twenty one in boot camp, but I I was a working door a bouncer at, at clubs in Miami, and I had a lot of pool. I knew people, and there was a joke that I was one day I was we were cleaning bathrooms and stuff, and they were like, "Hey, well, you know, are you gonna take us out when we go to Miami?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm the king of Miami." And one of my friends, one of the, the corporals, the sergeants, he's like, "Yeah, there you, there's the king cleaning the toilet." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, you come to Miami one day and you'll see." And you know, he came to Miami. I took him to a heat game because I was a season ticket holder. Took him to an after party. I mean, he was like, "Dude, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I had a great time with the king of Miami." Like, but we talk about we talk about home and what that means really to us is why we're serving. We're serving for you guys. I remember, like I said, I, I was 20 years old when nine 11 happened and I was old enough to remember that the world trade center had previously been attacked in 92. I mean, Biggie raps about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to me, it was the craziest thing because I was in living in Tampa at the time. And I saw a lot of military movement. The president was nearby. So jets went up in the air out of McDill air force base there was movement everywhere and I got very impressed with this. And I was like, I also felt a need to serve because I felt like Pearl Harbor was going to happen next. I thought that this was just the first wave, mm-hmm. you know? And I joined, I called the recruit, the recruiter immediately. And I was like, Hey, I'm a 20 year old guy. I have no, no criminal record. I want to join the Marine Corps. I just don't have a car. He was in my house in 10, 15 minutes. And uh, <laughs> I, I enlisted that same day and I turned 21 in boot camp. So, while I was there, we talk about, I, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is that I served because, and I'm sure Corey did too, just because we rather take it to their backyard instead of them bringing it here and mm-hmm. having my mom and my dad, my brother, 
Guys that, for instance, guys that want to play football, play your football, dude. This is what we want to do, you know? And what, what I think the reason we don't talk about it when we come home is not really just our man card, but it's more like, like a, almost like a parenting thing, you know, like right now I'll take a bullet for my son, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the bullet we're taking by not sharing what we experienced over there because I'll never forget. Maybe I think it was four months ago, five months ago. I had an issue with my family and I sat my mom down and I go, you know what, mom, me and you are going to have a talk. Uh, There's a lot we need to talk about and you need to understand why your son is not the son, you know? So you know, I'm 38 years old now. I was 37. This was just a few months ago. And um, it was a hard talk with my mom. You know, I explained to her some of the things I did. And to me, it was almost like speaking to my child. I didn't want, I don't want you to know what I had to go through so that you can be happy. You know what I'm saying? Because then now you're going to suffer with it or you're going to, you're going to, you're going to deal with it and stuff. And, and I'm, you know, and then I have the conversation we stay quiet because we start talking and then, you know, you start hearing people that, you know, man, you know, wow, I've had the conversation where it's like, wow, you know, it makes me feel like my job is crap. Or it's like, you, people almost start feeling like you just don't want to feel like you're superior or anything like that. Then anybody's, you know, I just served. It's what I wanted to do. And I don't need to share it with you. So it sucks. You know, it's so hard to open up and, you know, one of the main questions I really want to ask you, and I, I, I would hope that our listeners are listening, is do you feel, because I feel after I went through that 10-year reunion that changed my life, that me and my wife were eventually able to get back together, um, I figured out for me was, you know, I needed support as well around me. So mm-hmm. my wife had to go to therapy. My kids go to therapy so that they know maybe how to bring me down when I'm triggered or something like that. You know, what do you feel could have changed or could have been done? You know, maybe you educating yourself a little bit more going to therapy with your brother. Do you, do you honestly feel that something honestly could have maybe bridged that gap? Like you said, totally, totally. Cause I didn't have any clue. You know, you heard of PTSD and everything like that. And you didn't really, you don't really know it. You don't really even see it you don't see it when it's right in front of you until you've experienced it or someone has told you like we've somebody's had a conversation i never had that conversation with anybody so seeing it through my brother's death was the first time i'd actually put all the pieces together and said whoa these are the signs this is what's going on i think right off the bat guys coming home man there needs to be an offboarding and onboarding process you need to get if you're off the military train you're back you're on the civilian train and you have the x y and z resume what are your interests do a profile and figure something out so you are part of something. And especially, I think with, um, we'll get to kind of solutions, things like that, but that's the initial, like you're home, spend some time with your family, but then go to work with uh, some other vets, guys that you're gonna be with. You don't have to go to work and just be like anything like that, but you gotta find some maybe better owned companies that are higher owned vets or things like that. That just needs, that infrastructure needs to be in place. So it needs to be a job placement thing just to, so he can feel like he's still part of that. Cause you're not gonna go from your crazy, Marine family over here to just going out and hanging with some pencil necks in an office. Like it's not, you're never going to like, you're so going to feel like, Let Oh, me... what am I doing? This is stupid. Like, like I did that. So out. it's super hard. Yeah. So there's that program, at least when I got out in 2006 is the three day program. Uh, it, it, they, they transfer you out. It's a, tra- a transitioning program from the Marine Corps mm-hmm. to civilian life. Three days. And huh? it's three days yeah. and you go through it 
And you're going to laugh because I got out of the Marine Corps and I went to go work at Ball Harbor as, a, as an assistant manager for a luxury shoe company and le- a leather goods company. And yeah. I went from the Marine Corps to, to what you said. And I struggled. I struggled because I was thrown in there and I was thrown in with different mentalities, different individuals. I would say something as an assistant mm-hmm. manager just because they were late and I would be getting a phone call from the, the regional manager. Um, you're being a little too aggressive, this and that. And I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Like, you know, so I, it was very struggling. Cause like you said, yeah, there's no transition, um, real, real transition training mm-hmm. that needs to go on yeah. because what I tell people is, I mean, you train, you train, you train. And then there's one thing about training realistically. And then there's one thing about literally doing it 24 hours a day for eight months straight. Like I did in, in, in 04. And like, I'm sure Corey did four times. So it's yeah. like you end up, I, like I, I told somebody that we, I, I learned in class that we have that instinct of when we fall asleep and like we, we turn our head that we immediately shock like that. And that's supposedly a primal instinct that's been passed down the tens of thousands of years. And it's from when we used to sleep in trees. And mm-hmm. is so when we would fall asleep to be able to catch our balance again, and we still do it yep. now. Once you gather a days, man. <laughs> correct. So now yep. I believe that um, the military and the Marine Corps has done a great job at building new instincts and traits into our brains and how to react when we're in combat. And it's very hard to just snap and, like you said, go go work with pencil necks or go work at at a at a luxury shoe store. Yeah. And people complaining they didn't get whipped cream in their coffee that day, and you're like, man, I just got out of a desert. I'm like, shot at. You kidding me? The same clothes for a week. So like, yeah, so there's no there's none of that transition. But you know, I do you feel that in, and I mean, we can't obviously make it mandatory, but do you feel that? That the the family one hundred percent, you you guys should go through a class as well. Um, totally, totally, because we it caught off us us off guard. Maybe had we known, it's like seeing the signs of a stroke. Uh, dealt with that. It's like seeing the signs of PTSD and everything like that. Like had we known, and maybe it, it was on us. I'm not gonna say somebody no. should have done this for us. Now I know I can tell anybody else. Like, hey, check this out. Like now I took it upon myself to actually learn and things like that. I wish I would have then. Um, but but having those signs and understanding what to do and what to look for and uh, maybe the way you used to address that individual is not the way you address them now. Obviously, a respectfully, a respectful part of it. But um, like you said, there's triggers and things like that. And yeah, like the word, that, the uh, word relax. When you're arguing, yeah. and you're like, relax. And you're like, shut up. No. Oh, what? No. Yeah. And probably don't bring around people like me right away. Like, Dude, I walk in a door. It's like, okay, bang. Somebody, somebody just shoot him in the head. Um, so, but then the other part of it is, is having an outlet. And the outlet, I'm going to preach this till the day I die, man, is you got to get your daily dose. And what's your daily dose? It's your workout. It's your dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, your dose, D-O-S-E. Okay, again, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. You need to get that. What does that give you? It gives you that release. You come in there, everything is better. We're not just talking PTSD. We're talking about kids, their learning, their depression, their anxiety, their ADHD. You're talking about CEOs, their their um, productivity, their attendance, their, um, their adherence, everything like that. Everything goes up when you work out. Okay. And you get up and you wake up for yourself every single day. It affects everything you do in a positive way. And there's studies, there's so much research. We don't have time for all that, but it's there. And if everybody would do that, and also with the PTSD, 
that is just going to minimize. I'm not saying it's a cure-all, but it's just going to minimize the triggers, the anxiety, the depression, the, the, the pressure and everything like that. It just needs to happen. And I think people, it's, that should be number one. It's like, hey, get with a buddy. You, need a, you have a battle buddy over there. Okay. You got a gym buddy over here. Yep. I agree with you, man. The, the, I mean, one of Jay's Pentagon's, uh, one of his five Pentagon, uh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, Pentagon's performance. Yes, Pentagon's performance, excuse me, uh, stuttering here, is physical. And I remember going through his academy. It was every day working out. Um, and I came back, and when, after I met you, I remember calling you and saying, look, Andy, I, I, I got to be honest. I don't like leaving my house. I really don't. I'm, I'm forcing myself now going to college and stuff like that. But is there anything that you could uh, do to help me out here at my home? Um, I had just installed a TRX system out in my backyard, and Andy came over with some bands, gave me a workout. Um, I'm going to have to reprint it. I was going to tell you to send it to me, but I forgot you emailed it. So I'm going to just Got reprint it because yeah. <laughs> it's already like uh, wrinkly. I take the paper out and stuff and I work out in my backyard. It's not much, but I, I do it. I, I do it and I get all that, that juice flowing. Like you said, the dose, I get my dose. And mm -hmm. uh, un unfortunately, I'm not, I, I feel I'm not doing enough to really change my body, my physique, but I'm definitely mm -hmm. doing enough to calm myself down and release some some energy mm -hmm. yeah that's what it is man it's getting it's getting that physical and i'm working with a bunch of different projects and it's and again if, if there was a program and let's just go back to the whole thing like you come back see the fam do all this and the offboarding thing is hey all right where do you want to be located where are you going to move are you going to move back home you're going to do something like that. give the choices out there all right who do we have in the area who are the other marines in the area where's there's there's groups there's facebook groups of guys that uh, stay in touch with each other. And I, I've met my brother's uh, Marine buddies through those groups and they literally like, Hey man, I need, I need a, I need a workout. I need to go through some, let's do this. Let's have a beer. Let's do that. But just having that and, and that offboarding process and an on-ramp to the next life is huge. So you get, you get the job, you get that, that sense of, you know, you're doing something, you're part of something and you're also training. So you're not just withering away because you guys were training like hell over there. It's some of the hardest physical training you can do is being in the, the military and the hardest boot camp you can do is obviously the Marines. So having that bit of, Hey, I'm still a badass MF, you know, it's like, I can still do that. So tell me a little bit of, of more about, I, I love, you know, what exactly what you told me. Cause it's like, you told, you were like, we're going to do functional fitness workouts. We're, we're not making you bulk. We're not. Cause there's people out there that are like, look, I don't want to work out because I don't want to be a lifter. I don't want to do this and that, but I'm not lifting. You gave me bands. I have bands and the TRX system mm -hmm. and yeah. I'm not lifting. I'm doing, what is it? Res resistance. You're doing resistance training. You're doing functional, functional resistance training. And all we're doing, Ozzy, we're, we're a machine. The human body is meant to be a machine. And we're actually coming into problems because we don't move enough anymore. Why do you think we have everybody's anxious, everybody's depressed. There's all these meds and it's like, it's getting down to like 13 year olds are getting prescribed prescription drugs for depression and like that. It's, it's bullshit. All you need to do is add activity. The inner machine, the inner animal inside us just wants to move and, and they get the fight or flight and get those, get the dose every single day. It wants, it wants that hit, right? So we need to, we need to give it to it. You don't have to be a CrossFitter, a bodybuilder, uh, anything. You can just, all you got to do is be a functional human being. So the human being goes through different motions. You push, you pull, you rotate, you level change. That's it. And if you train just those simple steps, you don't have to go in and be bodybuilder, anything like that. All you got to do is train and get your heart rate up, and you're going to get that release anyway. Yep, yep. So <laughs> we, uh, we, we, uh, I was able to take you fishing one time, and yeah. I, that to me was a very, a very, uh, I wish I would have been able to do that fishing trip, honestly, with a hundred people on the boat. 
because mm-hmm. I feel like there wasn't enough veterans. It was just two guys, myself, um, the owner of the boat, and I was able to bring my son because w- one of the other veterans canceled last minute. And, you know, I have that issue. Um, I have that issue that guys cancel the last minute. And you brought it up, you know, in the, the whole thing. There's Facebook groups and there's reunions. And I got to be honest, it's, it's, it's tough to reunite with guys because, you know, I, I, I don't know Corey's stories. I, I, I can't even Im- begin to imagine some of his stories because, like I said, the resume alone, the two bronze stars with Valor is, I, I, that, that right there alone tells me that that man has been through a lot. And I've been through a lot. And you, you don't, you get to the point sometimes where you don't want to hear other people's stories because yours just keeps on replaying and replaying and replaying. And like I said, I, I brought you on a fishing trip and you spoke to, you know, to the people there and we made a little video. We got your first sailfish. I was very happy yeah. about that. Um, you brought a friend of yours. I want you to speak about him a little bit. Um, he's a, he's a soldier. I met him and you know, he's been through his ups and downs and I believe that working out has helped him a lot. Totally. We're talking about uh, Sergeant Smith, Mr. Yes, Brady. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if, if my brother, so I don't, just for the record here, I'm not, I'm not going to show you, I don't have any tattoos. My brother was absolutely covered in tattoos. I'm talking head to toe. So if my brother was ever reincarnated in somebody, it was Braden. Braden is covered in tattoos. Um, he's actually the cousin of my old neighbor. Uh, lived across the street and I was always uh, hanging out over there. And this guy started coming around and uh, just sit around drinking. He's, you know, he's in the army or uh, just got out of the army, things like that. So he moved in and uh, I was like, hey, man, you want to come like work out at the gym one day? And he's kind of like, you know, wasn't overly excited about that. It wasn't like, yeah, man, I'm ready. He was more like, yeah, dude, cool. Uh, shoot your info and like that. And uh, so came in for a workout one day and started. I didn't know Braden and what he'd been through and everything like that at that point, but came in one day. Then the next day came in again. Then the next day he's getting again and in again and again and one day he just told me, he goes, dude, I need this every single day. This is actually, this is, I need this. This is actually helping me get better. And then Braden told me the stories about him, his PTS, uh, and everything he went through and all, got to a point where he wanted to, you know, end it all. And, and he didn't. And he, he, the physical training literally made him, I mean, he did a, he did a fitness show. He went from a guy that's like uncomfortable, shy, awkward, like didn't, didn't really want to talk to anybody at the gym, just wanted to go do his own thing to, Coming in, hey, like being a little crazy, got a little, got a little side of uh, Andy's personality there, and then he went out and did a freaking bodybuilding show. And I was like, dude, it was like a complete turnaround. And I think it just the physical part of it just gives you that hit. It's such a, it's just a positive drug to put it any other way that you absolutely need. So I saw a complete 180 in in Braden's attitude, his personality, everything like that. And not that it was bad. It was just you could see that it was brightened. And it was it was it was heightened and it was just great all around. This is why I brought you on the show. Um, you're doing, I mean, what you did for me, what you did for for him, and I, I know that there's constantly veterans that reach out to you and you you help them out. You, this is why I brought you on the show because I want more people to hear this. You are doing. I'm not saying you're trying to make up for you know what you could have done before. But you realize what, what you're doing is, is different. You're not making up for it. You're correcting what was wrong in, in the way that you understand it and you believe it. And even veterans that are couch potatoes like myself and cookie monsters are, are following into your, 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 your mentality. Monsters. Yeah, cookie monsters. And uh, <laughs> you have no clue, dude. There, if you, I'll send you the Google. I'll send it to you right now. But there's a story 
by the Miami Herald. There's a company called Night Owl Cookies, and uh, they're local here. Uh, cool kid made cookies at night and only delivered them from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And only delivered. There wasn't a location. And I was his number one customer. I mean, <laughs> PTS, PTS. Man, I wasn't leaving. Yes, this was at a time that I wasn't leaving my house at all. And I was uh, just hanging out at home and Call of Duty and playing and hanging out with my wife. And and uh, you have to order eight cookies minimum. But these cookies are huge. And I would order them and they would deliver them. Every other night, I ordered cookies. And every other night? Every other night, dude. And I got a four cookie a day. One night, one night they show up with the Miami Herald in the car. They're like, Hey man, we want to interview you because you're one of their best customers. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So cookie monster, bro. Um, you changed me. You know, I, I went from, I went from wanting to, wanting to eat cookies all the time. And I remember we did this little video when we first met, like, uh, like, I don't know. I, I, Every once in a while, I get the social media thing where I want to be social. And then, boom, I black out for a month and a half, two months. And I remember where I, I had a cookie in my hand. And I went to Wendy's to buy cookies. And I had a cookie in my hand, and you slapped it out, and you gave me your your traditional line. Where is it? Put the cookie down. Yes, put the cookie down. What are you doing? The sugar is bad for you. I mean, this this guy's energy is just 100%. And... and once you get to know his story, like I said, to me, the connection is Corey, the Marine Corps. And it almost felt like when I met him and he heard my story, it was immediately Andy wanted to know who I was and connect with me and get my number. And it, we need more individuals like that. And unfortunately, that comes from the suffrage that you went through and your family went through. But if we could tell your story and we could speak about what it is that you think, you know, were the errors and how we could fix them, then maybe people don't have to suffer. And we mm-hmm. could start seeing those signs ahead of time, like mm-hmm. you saw with, with uh, Brady. And, and now, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't think uh, there's a lot of po- – I, I always see a post with you and him in it. So it's like he's your yeah. brother now. And- he's still in. He's still in every day. He even wears his, his vest. He still has his vest. <laughs> I see he it. He throws it out the gym. People look like – Who's this badass motherfucker over here, you know? And then he just gets after it, man. And then and then you start meeting people and like the gym becomes the gym is literally a great place to meet people. You're not out at a bar, you're not doing something unhealthy. You know, you're at a gym and people just literally gravitate to that and you start holding each other accountable. Like if you're not there, it's like, where's Braden? Oh yeah, let's give him a shout. Hey, hey shithead, what are you, what are you doing in bed? You know? Yeah, you know, at a bar at a bar you go bury your sorrows and try to hook yeah. up with somebody. But like you said, at a gym, which has always been my struggle to go to a gym, I haven't found one that I guess has that energy. And you're so far, you're like an hour and a half, I think. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, everybody's going there to better their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, everybody has that common goal. And, and yeah, so I, I, I appreciate that workout you gave me. I'm going to have to, need, I'm going to need another workout. Cause like I Got said, uh, that one's getting a little stale and uh, get it typed up for you. Thank you. Thank you. And is there, is there anything that we can right now talk about any, any, any projects you're working on, anything that we, that we could guide individuals to follow you as well. Cause this, I didn't start this show just so that people could listen to me and that's it. No, I'm bringing on other people that have podcasts, other people that are telling their stories because this is about surviving and thriving. This isn't just my method. This isn't just anything. This is the overcome mindset, the conquer mindset. This is dose. 
This is mm-hmm. man up. I mean, I would love to get Bedros on the show, but this is about manning okay. up. You know, this is about manning up. This is about this is about looking in the mirror and realizing, all right, I this is where I'm at. This is where wh- this is where I could possibly end up, but this is where I want to go, and this is where I'm gonna get. And I'll be honest, I. Uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Jay, good thing Jay had trained us at that Overcome Academy to always treat people because, like you don't know who they are and stuff, and you never know yeah. who could it be. And I met Bedros in the bathroom, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the bathroom. Remember the story? I'm in the yeah, bathroom, and Duke's sitting behind me because his purpose is to keep barriers, and so nobody approaches. And I'm I'm in the bathroom using the stall, and Bedros walks by, and he's like, "Nice dog," and I'm like. Thanks, you know, and I'm like, I struggle real bad talking to people in the bathroom, you know. So, you know, we spoke, we washed hands, and I was like, I see his tats, and I was like, oh man, you were in the teams as well. And he's like, no, no, you know, I, I'm here to talk, this and that. All right, cool, cool. And then, uh, you know, I, I go sit down with Jay, and I was like, oh look, that's that guy that I, I just met in the bathroom. And he was like, I hope you were nice to him because he's a big dog. <laughs> and I'm like, I believe, I'm like, I believe I was nice to him, but I, I go, Jay, I was in the bathroom. I'm like. <laughs> Guys don't really chop up conversation in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, but I was able to talk to him afterwards. I was able to hear yeah, his story. <laughs> I was able to hear his story, um, you know, and what that what that man has become and now how he's inspiring other individuals. And I got his book. I got his book signed and I then got the audio book and I listened to it and I listened to it every once in a while because. I love I love hearing it. I love hearing that that the story behind it and the the fact that I think that is one thing you have to do. Man up, woman up, whatever. You have to look in the mirror. All right. You have to realize it's time to put on my pants and get doing something. And you know, that's why, like I said, I started this show because I and you could agree to this. There's people that walk around and they believe on one thing, you know. Oh, I'm starting this one diet and this one diet's gonna get me there. It's not, man. It's not you're going to get tired of it and this and that. So you can't just stick on one thing. You got to do multiple things. So. Yeah, man. I think uh, with that, I appreciate you giving me a little soapbox time. I think I'm going to ask you to return the favor. I'm actually part of a new show. It's going to be on Twitter. I've got a, a, another big dog, like a Bedros. His name's Bill Mitchell. And the show is called the fit American. Yes. And it's about 90, I'd say no, it's about 80%. I'm going to be talking about fitness, but there's also a component that talks about vets and here's my big, hairy, audacious goal. We have got a big problem in this world with obesity, inactivity. I hate the way the world's going with everybody's like on all these prescriptions, shit like that. It's because, and literally there's a fix. It's called, if everybody started their day with some physical activity, we'd be in a much better place. Why do I say start the day? Because the problems go on during the day. If you're at the end of the day, you've already experienced problems and stress and things like that. So starting your day off with something that's going to take away that stress and make you much better level-headed. We went through all the things with that, that it's going to help you with. So the big, hairy, audacious goal is to get before school, before work boot camps going on and take care of veterans that need jobs coming back from overseas. So the big, hairy, audacious goal is to get this nationwide. You've got soldiers hosting boot camps for kids, two hours with different age groups before, uh, the school, before school each day, broken up into like maybe 30 minutes, little here and there for each great for each grade, it can be government funded. We can be a little stipend that gets them paid. It gets the kids together, camaraderie, less bullying, less all this other stuff. Because the last thing you're going to do, the last thing a, a Marine's going to do is let some little kid get picked on and get bullied in a before school program. He's going to level that playing field real quick. And I think this is going to be one of the best things that could happen 
to our entire nation is getting these habits and these values instilled in kids at a very young age, bring back veteran jobs, create jobs for all that. And that's what we're talking about on this show. That's kind of the, the underlying theme is trying to promote this whole goal. Give us the, the handle again. What's the Twitter handle on that? So the, the Twitter handle for myself is at Andy Siraki. That's at A-N-D-Y-S-Z-I-R-A-K-I. And the show is going to be called The Fit American. And that's also going to be, it's going to be aired on Bill's channel. And Bill is Bill Mitchell. And they'll see that on Twitter. And I'll get you that handle. Uh, if you just type in Mitchell, it'll it'll pop up. He's, he's got about 500,000 followers. He's very patriotic. Um, and this is the... He gets into a lot of politics on his show, but this show we're trying to, we're stemming away from politics. All we want to do is talk about getting America healthy again, making America, we're so great. Our economy's going great, man. We've got the strongest military. We've got, we've got X, Y, and Z that things are just, things are just aligning, but we're the most, we're the unhealthiest country in terms of obesity. Okay. People are just, people are just living it up, man. And we need to be, if we, if we, if our economy, if our human body was as strong as our military and our economy, dude, it'd be unstoppable. Yep. Okay, so I want to have that same kind of strength within our people. And you can, you can get more of us on there. Andy Zaraki on, I've only got, it's only my name. I'm very boring. I don't, I don't go by too many aliases. I'll let you guys create those. But Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's all I'm on. Nothing else. No Snapchat for me yet, bro. <laughs> I, can't, I can't hang with these kids, man. No, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not on Snapchat. And I, 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 I thought TikTok was Tic Tacs. So I was, like, <laughs> yeah. I was hey, like, listen, if you work out, you don't need a filter, right? I was like, you don't need exactly. Filters. You know, so, um, man, I am so happy that I had you on the show. You're literally the second guest that I've interviewed. I was nervous. I, I got over the jitters. Um, I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even have a cookie while I was on the show because, <laughs> and you're not, and I'm not. So, uh, but I was going to send you this link. I found this. I don't know how real it is. We got to look it up, but they're healthy cookies, supposedly. Oh, yes. And I saw it and I was like, no way. They're healthy cookies. Wait a second. There's some out there, man. There's some healthy cookies out there. We'll do like the the healthy cookie show. (laughs) (laughs) Where, where, where can individuals follow you? I know you do some personal training as well. I'm uh, based out of Boca Raton, Florida. So um, I'm here in East Boca. I've got a gym I'm partner at. It's called Focus Functional Fitness. Uh, Come in there. It's group training. It's 8,000 square feet. Personal training, group training, you don't use the gym on your own. You put your body and your soul into our hands for an hour each day. We make you a better human being all around. So that's in Boca. I'm also part of a group called High Rocks, and that is a that is a fitness competition testing fitness community that's bringing the world together. I say the world. It started in Germany two years ago. We did five cities in the U.S. this year, and I'm your host here in the U.S., so if they were, we're wrapping up this year in Texas this weekend and then uh, on the 28th of March in L.A., then we do world championships in Berlin, Germany, and then the next season starts. Guys, this is a great way to get out there with your family, your friends, everything, and just get after it. See where you're at as a human being. You don't have to compete at the elite level. You can just drop in in any class that you are at any age and just get after it. So focus in Boca, high rocks worldwide. And then Andy Zaraki at your service. How do you, how do you spell that? High rocks, H-Y, right? H-Y-R-O-X. All right, ladies and gentlemen, look it up, please. You have to give Andy a follow. You have to look at this individual and let him inspire you and give you that energy. Because, um, I mean, I guarantee you, you wake up <laughs> and he's already made a post. 
I don't know how it's happened. He's already made a post at like 4.35 in the morning. All right, we're up. We're working out. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. This is, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's almost, I don't need my little Cuban coffee anymore. I got my Andy. So <laughs> yeah. Yo, and you let Ray know if you sell any shirts in the show too, you know what? Send it on over. <laughs> yeah. La- ladies and gentlemen, um, we're hopefully I'm going to post this video as well. I'm recording it on the, on my soundboard here, but he's wearing his Conquer shirt. I should have worn mine. The problem is that, Ray definitely made these for fit individuals. I I, I think yeah, it's called. Well, I, this is an extra medium. Bro. I think it's called Fit Cut, and yeah. I put it on, and you could just see the flabs <laughs> on me everywhere. And I'm like, this is <laughs> this is bad. Ray did this on purpose so that when you oh, wear it, an underwire in here somewhere. <laughs> but, I really think there is. <laughs> but head over to Conquer. Head over, follow Ray Cash Care because uh, that's another individual that is just uh, a ball of energy and um, just a lot of boom. Yeah, so, a lot of boom. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Jay, man, I hope to get on their show soon. Awesome, awesome, man. Uh, so thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you giving some time today out of your busy day. And uh, I'm going to let you get back to it, man, because there's a lot of people out there that you need to continue inspiring and giving that daily dose to. Let's get after it, people. Let's change the world. Let's get it. All right, thank you guys. Tune in, uh, tune in soon, so we could have uh, more, more amazing guests like Andy that'll hopefully help you rewire your brain to survive and thrive. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Post Traumatic Survival Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way, you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. We appreciate you and them. Until next time, survivors.